Welcome to Artificial Pulse, the podcast that brings you the latest positive innovations in technology, giving you a glimpse into a brighter future. Our podcast is completely generated by AI, with the goal of giving you the most insightful and up-to-date information on advancements in technology. Please note that while we aim for accuracy, there may be some unintentional inaccuracies or repetitions, and we recommend referring to the episode description to find links to the sources of all of the information summarized here. And here's our update for today, Monday, June 26, 2023. The concept of the holodeck, a simulated environment that responds to verbal commands and is populated by AI-powered digital humans, has been a long-standing dream of tech enthusiasts and sci-fi fans alike. However, technical challenges have prevented its realization until now, with recent advancements in generative AI, particularly ChatGPT, the CEO of OpenAI believes that this technology could finally bring the holodeck and other futuristic scenarios to life. Generative AI has made significant strides in the past year alone, from the viral sentience debates surrounding LaMDA large language model to the controversial creation of Midjourney generated images winning art competitions. However, ChatGPT has taken it all one step further, providing a conversational interface that can answer questions, translate languages, provide advice, and more. Its versatility and ability to respond naturally to verbal commands make it a potential key interface for bringing the holodeck to life. While the technical challenges remain significant, the recent progress in generative AI offers hope that this sci-fi dream may be within reach in the near future. Continuing with the latest in AI news, Adobe has taken steps to ease legal concerns from enterprise customers around permission for artwork generated by AI. The company has written an indemnity clause that promises to pay any copyright claims related to works generated in Adobe Firefly, its generative AI art creation tool. Enterprise users have been hesitant to use generative AI without understanding how it was trained, and the indemnity clause is designed to address this concern. Adobe has trained Firefly on Adobe stock images, openly licensed content, and public domain content where the copyright has expired, which greatly reduces its risk associated with offering the indemnity clause. The indemnification covers only specific Firefly-generated output and not anything else that could possibly infringe on a copyright. Ray Wang, founder and principal analyst at Constellation Research, sees the approach as a smart one for both Adobe and creators who contribute to Adobe stock. He says that the indemnification acts more like an insurance policy than a legal gimmick, designed to reassure skittish customers that it's safe to use generative AI. Diving into our next topic about innovative architecture, a new report highlights four simple design tricks that cities can use to make heat waves safer for communities. The 2021 heat wave in the Pacific Northwest, which saw temperatures spike as high as 120F, 49C, underscored the need for action. The report recommends greening urban environments with trees and shade structures, using green roofs or white paint to reflect heat, and planting shade trees in public parks and rights-of-way. Outreach efforts must also be culturally nuanced and involve trusted sources when targeting the most vulnerable populations. Traditional government heat advisories have limited success in changing behavior during extreme heat events so community-based organizations should lead campaigns and open cooling centers in places like churches or common gathering areas. The report emphasizes that thinking about extreme heat as a long-term risk reduction effort, not just a short-term emergency response, is vital to avoid deadly outcomes like the 441 deaths that occurred in Washington during the 2021 heat dome. Municipal planning agencies, local health agencies, and individuals all have roles to play in reducing risk. As we continue to highlight inspiring tech innovations, we ask you to please consider becoming a supporter through Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash 
Artificial Pulse. You can contribute to our mission to provide you updates of the latest positive innovations in technology. Also in each episode we'll mention the names of each of our supporters to thank them for their contribution. And higher tier supporters can have a short advertisement played in each episode of Artificial Pulse. Once again, thanks for listening and please consider supporting at patreon.com slash artificial pulse. And now moving on to onto innovative construction news, a team led by Leah Ellis and MIT professor Yit Ming Chong is developing a new process for making cement using electrochemistry instead of fossil fuel powered heat. Cement production generates approximately 8% of global carbon dioxide emissions, and the industry is worth $323 billion as of 2021. Sublime Systems, co-founded by Ellis and Chiang, has raised $50 million in funding from investors such as Chris Saka's Lower Carbon Capital and Siam Cement Group to refine and scale up the electrochemical process they created. The company aims to replace the high-temperature, fossil-driven cement-making process with something powered by electrons, or the electric vehicle of cement-making. The team plans to use renewable energy sources like wind to produce low-cost electricity needed for the process. Their technology could reduce carbon emissions, making cement production more climate-conscious. Another innovative transportation item to report, the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Federal Transit Administration will distribute $1.7 billion from President Biden's bipartisan infrastructure law to fund the acquisition of 1,700 buses, over half of which will be zero-emission models. This brings the total number of zero-emission buses funded by the infrastructure law up to 1,800, more than double the current number. The funds will go towards the purchase of new buses, charging infrastructure, and retraining drivers and mechanics. The awards will benefit urban and rural communities, as well as Indian reservations. Officials have hailed this move as an important step in updating the nation's aging transit fleet with an eye toward fighting climate change. However, at least half of the new buses will still be powered by natural gas or another fuel source that makes our air far less toxic, according to Veronica Vanderpool, Deputy Administrator for the FTA. The economic development advantages of clean bus investments were also noted, with all acquired buses being manufactured in America and funds going towards workforce development. While there are concerns about whether cleaner buses will improve transit's future, it is agreed that they are better for the environment and for the health of people who live in service communities. And now we move on to robotics news. Amazon is introducing a new line of robots, including Proteus and Sparrow, to join its already highly automated fulfillment centers. These machines will take on tasks previously done by people and bring about a shift in the balance between automation and human workers. Unlike earlier industrial robots that are unable to express or understand emotions, Proteus is designed with round eyes and a LED mouth that changes color and shape to signal emotions and communicate with humans effectively. The heart-shaped eyes signal happiness, while other colored mouths signal different kinds of messages. Proteus can distinguish between objects and people and make decisions about navigation. It also communicates with humans when it needs to move around them or when it gets stuck. Sparrow, on the other hand, can pick individual products from storage cubbies and place them into larger plastic bins, which is a step forward in human-like dexterity. Amazon's investment in startup companies that make humanoid robots capable of carrying boxes around also indicates the significant industry-wide shift towards automation. While some workers might find Proteus cheerfulness annoying, putting a friendly face on automation could ease the transition and improve worker satisfaction. Now transitioning to science news, scientists have uncovered how a human smell receptor works using cryo-electron microscopy. Human olfactory receptors are G-protein-coupled receptors, GPCRs, 
that detect various stimuli, such as light and hormones. However, the structures of these receptors were unknown due to their difficulty in being produced outside of their natural habitat, olfactory neurons. Researchers overcame this problem by genetically altering olfactory receptors to make them more stable and easier to grow in other cells. They also tried extracting a natural odor receptor, OR51E2, found in organs such as the gut, kidney, and prostate. By exposing the receptor to propionate, a short fatty acid produced by fermentation, scientists were able to generate detailed images of the receptor and propionate locked together. These images revealed that the OR51E2 had trapped propionate within a small pocket, which confirms that the size and chemistry of the binding pocket tunes the receptor to detect only a narrow set of molecules. Moreover, the researchers discovered a small, flexible loop atop the receptor, which locks down like a lid over the pocket once an odor molecule binds inside it. Scientists suggest that this highly variable looping piece may contribute to humans' ability to detect diverse chemistry. Although the study focused on the pocket that holds propionate, the receptor could possess other binding sites for other odors or chemical signals it might encounter in tissues outside the nose. The microscopy images revealed only a static structure, but these receptors are dynamic, so computer simulations were used to visualize how OR51E2 moves when it's not frozen. Moving on to space updates, astronomers have discovered a strange celestial object orbiting a distant star that is hotter than the sun and challenging their understanding of the boundary between stars and planets. The object, known as WD0032317 b, is a brown dwarf, which is a type of bright, gaseous protostar that typically has atmospheric composition similar to Jupiter, but are 13 to 80 times larger in mass. However, this particular brown dwarf has a surface temperature of 13,900 f, 7,700 c several thousand degrees hotter than the average brown dwarf, and even hotter than the surface of our sun. Scientists found that WD0032317b orbits incredibly close to an ultra-hot white dwarf star, meaning that its year lasts just 2.3 hours. As a result, the brown dwarf is only superheated on one side while the other side faces away, with temperatures ranging from 1,900 to 4,900 f, 1,000 to 2,700 c, this is the most extreme temperature differential ever measured on a substellar object. Although this cannot be sustained long-term, studying objects like this could help scientists better understand how hot stars slowly consume their companions and may add to the growing body of knowledge around the conditions that stars need to ignite. Another space item to report, NASA's astronauts on the International Space Station have successfully recycled 98% of their urine and sweat to create drinkable water, a significant breakthrough for long-duration space missions without resupply. The Environmental Control and Life Support System, ECLSS, which includes the Water Recovery System and Advanced Dehumidifiers, collected wastewater and recovers moisture from the air breathed and sweated by the crew. The Improved Urine Processor Assembly, UPA, is responsible for recovering water from urine using vacuum distillation that creates brine as a byproduct, and a brine processor assembly, BPA, was added to extract remaining wastewater. The BPA pushes ECLSS to achieve the ideal goal of 98% recovery of initial water for longer missions. The wastewater collected goes through specialized filters and a catalytic reactor that breaks down trace contaminants. Sensors then check its purity before iodine is added to prevent microbe growth, guaranteeing safe, potable water for the crew. NASA emphasizes that this water is superior to what municipal water systems produce, and it's not urine but reclaimed, filtered, and cleaned water. 
This achievement is fundamental progress in the evolution of life support systems, according to the team at Johnson Space Center managing life support systems on the ISS. In other news related to virtual augmented reality, Apple's recent announcement of the Vision Pro headset has garnered attention from Barjo, a Helsinki-based startup that claims to produce the world's most advanced VR and XR. While the Vision Pro is slated to go on sale in early 2024 for a whopping $3,499, €3,238, analysts are calling it an iPhone moment for extended reality XR. Despite being more expensive than Varjo's €6,495 XR3, the impressive specs, a mix of VR and AR, and focus beyond gaming have triggered comparisons. However, rather than viewing the Vision Pro as a threat, Varjo hopes Apple's arrival will turbocharge the sector, citing it as an essential moment for the entire industry. The hope is that mixed reality will become more widely adopted by consumers for entertainment, personal productivity, and communication. Experts predict that, in the short term at least, the Vision Pro will create opportunities for other businesses by raising the profile of XR generally. Next up in virtual augmented reality news, Apple's Vision Pro headset is facing a weight issue due to its aluminum and glass construction, leading the company to develop a top strap that helps alleviate pressure on the user's face. However, it appears that this top strap may not be included in the box at launch and could instead be offered as an optional extra purchase. The Zeiss Corrective Lens is another possible add-on for users who wear prescription glasses. Apple has opened up testing of the headset to more employees, but only top senior employees can currently take it home. The headset will not go on sale until early next year, leaving ample time for software development. In the meantime, Apple has reportedly shifted some employees to work on a second-generation Apple headset with upgraded specifications as well as a new lower and cheaper model. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Artificial Pulse. We hope you found this exploration of the latest positive innovations in technology to be informative and inspiring. Once again, please consider supporting us through Patreon at patreon.com slash artificialpulse. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow as we continue to bring you the most cutting-edge developments and the brightest outlooks for the future.